there. Welcome to Innovators in Education podcast, where we showcase educators from all over the country who, through their use of innovative technology, have not only excelled in their schools and school districts, but are making a real change in their communities. I'm Pat Bhava, your host, and also the founder of Pick My Kid, where we believe in empowering schools with cost-effective school safety solutions so they can focus on what really matters, teaching and learning. Stick around till the end of the show and I will tell you how you too can be a guest on our show. So without much ado, let's dive right in. Welcome to another exciting episode of Innovators in Education podcast, where we shine a light on the movers and shakers who are driving change and progress in the world of education. They're pushing boundaries and challenging the status quo in order to create a brighter future for our students. Our guests are dedicated to finding creative solutions to some of the most pressing challenges facing our communities and schools today. So sit back, relax, join us as we delve into the exciting world of education innovation and explores some of the inspiring work these trailblazers are doing. Uh, today, we have with us an exciting guest, Cynthia Trigg. Cynthia is the superintendent of Evolution, Evolution Academy Charter Schools in Texas, who has over 25 years of experience as an educator. She has served as a teacher, assistant principal, principal, and now a superintendent. So without much ado, over to you, Cynthia Trigg. Please introduce Hello. yourself. We're all Hi here there. to hear about you. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. And thanks for the um, amazing introduction. Um, 25 years. Um, well, actually, 30, 31 years. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And, Congratulations. And so yeah. So it's it's like, um, where did the time go? But the cool thing is that I am still having an amazing ride. Awesome. Yeah. So what is it about K-12 that pushed you to dedicate your, your life to it? Because you can't do it for the money. It's for the, if the passion is not there, you know, nothing else can make you do that. So, so tell us about yourself and what made you commit yourself to this long journey. Yeah, Pat, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, this is an, um, an area that you can't do um, for the money. Um, I started out as um, a secondary um, teacher. I taught both English um, along with um, history. Um, and then I transitioned um, into administration um, where um, on that side, you're working with both students and 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 um, and, and and staff and adults. And mm -hmm. and so I remember receiving um, when my maybe my first year of teaching. I got, received a little postie from a student and it said, you may not make a lot of money in this business, but you will meet interesting people. <laughs> and so that quote, <laughs> interesting along people with many for others, sure. yep, is, it, it, it is for sure. So if you, as my grandmother would say, keep saying good morning and getting up, you it, it will come to pass. And so that quote really has um, come to pass, but it has been, um, just an amazing um, adventure. Um, and so that what that really what motivated me to um, to move into the space. I actually thought that I would be an attorney because I like to talk and argue and do all of this stuff. But I had a pause um, after my undergraduate assignment. Um, my mother and my grandmother was like, you're on the hook for your education. So I did pause and 
Luckily, um, I had added um, secondary education as sort of a second major while I was in undergraduate school. And I landed a position back in my hometown teaching both English um, and history where history was a driving force and we incorporated English essential elements into the, um, the curriculum. And so I would like to say then technology was um, not, oh, not a, a, totally um, not sure. where we are today, um, but technology was considered other things um, such as. Before, uh, uh, Cynthia, before we get into the technology aspects of it, I just yeah. want to uh, set the premise for our listeners. Sure. Uh, so the listeners don't know what Evolution Academy Charter School is all okay, about. Okay. So if you want to set the premise, I know you're really unique. You've got some cool, you know, uh, mission statement and, and what you do is a little bit unique. So please, let's let's start there. Okay. Well, Evolution Academy Charter School is a, um, it's a high school. It's a, high, a charter high school. We are located in Richardson, Spring, and Beaumont, Texas. Um, we serve approximately 1,600 students um, during the course of a school year, grades 9th through 12th. And our vision is um, for improving low-performing schools. We are committed to serving disconnected youth um, by enabling our students to achieve academic, social, and career success. Um, typically, our students are overaged and undercredited. Um, they are students who have dropped out of the traditional um, high school setting and are those that just seek a non-traditional um, method of instruction. Um, our model includes caring professionals, first and foremost, um, individual learning plans, a standard-based curriculum aligned with our state um, of Texas curriculum, um, college career um, technical training and um, an accompency-based academic program because they must meet the graduation requirements of the state of Texas. And um, since we have, we were founded in 2002, um, we have expanded um, in 2013 is when we expanded to both Beaumont and um, Houston. And um, we pretty much have an open entry model where kids um, sort of come in and um, leave at varying, varying levels of subject matter mastery. But our goal is for them to demonstrate mastery and then we accelerate them and move them on. That is so cool. And it is so flexible and it is so, uh, you know, uh, all uh, inclusive to get people in with the aim of getting them to the next step in their journey. So absolutely. So, and, and I'm sure that, you know, none of this can be accomplished without, I'm sure, extensive use of technology in some in all, some or all facets of the training. So what, talk, talk, talk to us a little bit about that. You are absolutely um, correct. Um, technology plays a huge part in our, um, our facilitation because students enter um, at such at, at a, a magnitude of levels. And so we utilize technology um, to actually diagnose by providing diagnostic assessments to obtain what levels um, a student may have um, completed a course 
um, during their last um, educational experience. Based on that, then we literally um, have a system that will prescribe certain standards. It states, okay, you've comp you you mastered this particular competency. Now we're going to transition to this um, requirement. And all of our courses are set up and aligned in that manner where um, teachers serve as more of a facilitator of the learning, ensuring that students are meeting benchmarks, making certain that their timelines are in play. And so we do offer um, a magnitude of um, instructional services um, in person, face-to-face, um, and, and we utilize um, several coursewares to assist us with ensuring that students master the concept and then they're able to move on to the next level because it is not uncommon for the students that we serve mm -hmm. to be two to three years out of their graduation cohort. Wow. And okay. so um, really um, trying to remediate and accelerate at the same time, um, it really is a delicate, a delicate balance that sure. you must strike. And there's a social and emotional component absolutely, that absolutely. goes along with that, where uh, th there's quite a bit of encouragement, quite a, quite a bit of nurturing. As I stated, um, we are tr we try to be very candid with the um, staff members that we bring on and let them know that if you're here just to teach content only, that is not um, going to be um, suffice. We really have to have an individual that is multi-talented, multifaceted, that they can actually move a student along. Because what we know is that we typically gravitate towards the things that we enjoy. I enjoyed English and I enjoyed history. So I sort of um, utilized that as a certification concentration when I became a teacher. But the goal and the, the true trick is how do you get another person who doesn't have a love for that particular content to come alongside of you in order to make them better and help them master what they're needing to master. And so that does require quite a bit of professional development and training and um, really supporting our staff as much as we support our students. And sometimes alongside of supporting the students in order for us to continue um, the journey because it is not, um, it's not easy. We yeah. may make it look like it is, yeah. Yeah. but it, it it can definitely um, be a challenge when you um, look at um, attendance rates, pretty much probably on a statewide and national level, may hover between 95 and 97. Um, dropout recovery um, can, can go anywhere from maybe a, st a standard of 78 to um, maybe 85. Wow. And so with that percentage rate and knowing that your um your 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 funding sources are based on um attendance, it does put us um below the belt in terms of the allocations and you know allocations that are due to us because students don't come. So it does take quite a bit of creativity, encouragement, incentives, doing real just pulling out all of the resources and um, putting them in a tool belt and, and yeah. utilizing them yeah. um, as they see fit because we, we, we have the gamut. We have those students that um, are not 
they, they may be way behind for whatever reason, but what we encourage them um, to do is to really understand the program offerings yeah. and know that there's a possibility through our credit recovery and our dual credit and our industry-based certification programs you may be behind three years, but if you really work the program, you could literally graduate with an associate's degree. And so that would propel you to be um, at a level that where you're leaving you missed us out where on. you would have yeah. been. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's really awe-inspiring and yeah. really motivational. Uh, but let me ask you this, and it kept hitting my head when you were telling me about all these difficulties you got to go through and hoops. That all sounds so difficult. It, it sounds so challenging. And 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 the question, what I was really uh, wanted to ask you is, why solve a difficult problem? You could have just been a regular principal or regular superintendent in a regular high school, wherein everything is set in stone, and you don't have to go through all these hoops and uncertainties. And it is, you know, there's a path laid out, right? And then you chose deliberately a different path. So, what's the passion behind it? What's your story? Why did you pick this? Okay. Uh, challenge. Well, I'll just say this. Education in any form isn't easy, whether you're in a traditional um, independent school district um, or um, a, a thriving campus, you're going to have some issues. It may yeah. not be the issues that we face, but it might be the issue. A different it, kind. It, yeah, it, It's something. <laughs> and so none of it um, is difficult. I think I was just blessed with um, the tolerance level um, to um, and, and the adrenaline to to, to really you know, just yeah. just do it all. But for me, I saw something that was very disturbing to me um, when I became an assistant principal. What I had to pay attention to were your ninth graders that are coming in. So you get these freshman students, they're all, you know, gung-ho and they come in and and probably scared and not even knowing what high school, you know, is it is about and what lies ahead. So it's about a thousand of them. Fast forward four years later, you may have a graduating class of three to 400. Oh, wow. Where did those students go? Everyone didn't transfer out and go and move and do all of this stuff, but they dropped out physically and then mentally first, then physically. And so I began to ask myself just um, sort of a, um, a, a question. First of all, what happened to the students? And then what would happen if a system was created for that space where there's so much flexibility and so much support that they just didn't have the opportunity to fail. If you fail, it's because, or if you didn't succeed in completing this particular requirement, it's because uh, you you just didn't want to just really extend that. And so I did not experience that I, we had so much support, I guess, growing growing up. I, I am um, a product of a single parent home, but we still had community support. We had our um, nurturing, you know, teachers and just community members that were just a pillar to help and undergird. Well, things have changed and, and, and you don't see, you know, that type of involvement any longer. And so what we're just trying to foster in our little geographics is to identify those students um let them know that their um their 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 hope is not lost and that education is the great equalizer and without it 
really you, you you're you're bound to become a, a statistic and so our goal in helping you to define what that looks like it may not be that i'm going to go to college but it may be that i just need a skill to help me move forward it may be we we get students all the time i just want to work i just want to move to the next level and work and we're like okay well then there's a program for you where we can actually, you know, partner you with an organization that will provide you high school credit while you're working. And that's a flexibility where that's an elective course that that counts. And so um, I hope I answered the question. No, um, that, that that's yeah. really awesome because um, so what I heard loud and clear is you are providing, you know, a sort of a second home first uh, to these, uh, to the kids who, face some kind of a challenge, you know, maybe in the community, you know, domestically, you're providing a caring, nurturing environment and you're reducing the risk factor for them so right. as not to fail. You're removing away all those little barriers they have in a traditional school and try to work around them and provide a kind of a cocoon so they don't right. drop out in any form right. or shape. So Right. And, and, and you know what? It works well for us. We have been able to partner with um, several districts that may not have the the time, the resources I mean, the, and the time, the, time, and the, the resources, yeah. the student pupil ratio is so high, and so we'll get calls and say, "Hey, this may be a fit," because it is a challenge, and it's um, we call ourselves kind of like the critical care unit <laughs> of <laughs> yeah, education. Yeah. When when you have to pick up that phone and call us, it really is it's a challenging students, but we're willing, we have so many dedicated staff members mm -hmm. that are willing and 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 able to, you know, take on that challenge, take that student. Um, and um, we have one um young man that I I always tell this story and I'll continue to tell it that. He was literally told by a high school counselor that he may as well get a GED, that he would not amount to anything and to move on. He found our school. One of the teachers just saw the brilliance in him, put him in her car, took him to the local community college, registered him for a dual credit class. When he decided that he was going to be a rapper, that he failed that miserably, oh, wow. he remembered I did well in that dual credit class that I took while I was at Evolution Academy. And so that propelled him to go back to college. We now call him doctor. He has a doctor. Uh, he has his doctorate in pharmacy. Wow. That is an and amazing that is just, story. It's so yeah, inspirational. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's so, and, and, and that's just one of, of, of many over the 20 years that um, we have been able to, um, you know, to, to help and they come back and yeah. that, and this is the business that you really don't know your impact mm -hmm. until it's that lagging indicator. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, until you it is like 20 years later. Yeah. 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 You never know how, how much of an impact that you have been yeah. until they've, you know, really seen the light, yeah. but um, it's hard work, Pat, but it's such good work. Yeah. No, I honestly feel your community is so lucky to have a, a, a structure like what you have set up, um, you know, as as like you said, an ICU for, you know, uh, kids who who need more care, who just yeah. need to be seen as individuals and not like a cohort yeah. of a thousand kids. Right. Some kids need the detention, some kids. And, and we need to be able to provide 
uh, an environment which is you know appreciative of that and yeah. and and, and mm-hmm. be uh, cognizant of those kids and and right. build the structure around them. And I, I'm glad right. uh, to hear right. that. Like uh, I have not come across another uh, school or a setting which provides that kind of level of care. What you just described. And I'm sure there are so many more stories, which if time permitting, you would go on. Right. <laughs> but right. um, what are your hopes and aspirations for your future, Cynthia Trigg? Like, you've done such amazing work and you're now here as a superintendent of, you know, an amazing institution. Where do you see yourself from here? Uh, uh, do you want to continue? Are you passionate to continue this or you want to take it to the next level? Or uh, we'd love to hear from you. And, and our listeners would love to you know, know that as well. Well, well, I'll be honest with you. Um, this, as I stated, this is year thirty-one for me, so I am literally um, reaching the the pretty much the the pinnacle yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of of my career. But I tell you what, um, my goal is to um, continue to try and um, influence policy, especially as it relates to um, students who. Um, require um, non-traditional individualized education approaches where um, also working with um, schools alike to show to demonstrate that you can still operate in a spirit of excellence even in chaos and confusion because it's quite a bit of that within um, the the arena sometimes it it can get kind of um, challenging but most importantly um, Whatever I do in the near future will always have some element of um, educating, um, motivating, and um, just um, advocating for, for especially for those families and students who cannot advocate for themselves. No, that's very well said. I think, um, you know, we want more heads like you in the uh, in the think tanks who really plan stuff for us. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes, you know, the, the perspective you bring to the table is what is missing uh, at a very high level. And and when you said, um, you know, policy making and making influences when you can maximize your impact, uh, right. your your your, um, your inputs would be really valuable, not from a armchair perspective, but you've been there, done that in the trenches right. for so long. So yes. we will be watching. I'm sure you will be, you know, uh, going up the chain and really impacting thousands, if not millions of kids eventually as you uh, race through the policy making ladder. Uh, I'm sure well, there are well, exciting well, things. Well, you speak it and, 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 it, <laughs> and hopefully it is so. <laughs> it will be so. We're very confident and uh, yes. uh, we want to wish you all the luck for that. And Thank uh, you. Uh, also, you know, our audience who, who who are listening to us today and they would some of them would love to reach out to you and like, hey, Cynthia, you know, I am facing a similar challenge or yes, I yes. want to set up a similar charter school with a similar mission or they just want to, you know, uh, cheer you along. So uh, what are the means in which we they can reach out to you or stay connected or get your advice and thoughts? They, they, they are more than welcome to, um, to contact us. We are at um, 972-907-3755. Um, Evolution Academy, um, my um, Facebook, um, I'm, 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 that's okay. We can... blank, but you can reach out to yeah. us here on, um, follow us on Facebook, um, Twitter, um, Instagram, 
And you can always email us. Um, yep. My name, Cynthia.trig at evolutionacademy.org. And I am ha happy to, um, to respond. That is fantastic. And thank you for the generosity of providing a direct uh, email if somebody wants to reach out to you for help, Absolutely. advice, and inspiration too. So uh, we'll put that in the show notes uh, okay. and we'll put these uh, links as well. Uh, again, thank you so much, Cynthia. This has been thank a ton you. of fun uh, learning, listening to you. It's inspiring and it's really awesome work you guys are doing at, at, you know, at your school and wish you all the best. And uh, we look forward to hearing bigger and better things from you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you again. Have a you nice have day. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening to Innovators in Education podcast. If you like the podcast and you want to be on the show, please reach out to us through the website. We'd love to hear from you. If you know anybody who else would be a good guest, please tag them on social media. Let them know about us. I always love reading your posts and suggestions, so please keep them coming. And if you've got any takeaways from today's episode, please go ahead and share it on your social media channels because it means a lot to me and my team as we put a lot of work into it. We're putting out regular content like this every week. So please go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on any other content. And if you want to know more about what we do, go ahead and uh, go to our website, pickmarket.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. See you next time.